1: What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler, from the Draft Network. And before we get rocking and rolling in today's episode, this podcast is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including all of your needs in this year's NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, all of your Major League Baseball action, latest fighting news, and even NFL futures bets for this fall. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so let's jump in to today's episode. And on the last pod, I discussed a little bit about my five most important players for Washington's offense this fall. And now today i wanted to jump to the opposite side of the ball and a defense that we expect to potentially be dominant this year like they were in 2020 now that everyone has a clean slate everyone is healthy everyone looks fresh or they should be fresh and up to speed with everything as we move in to mandatory minicamp the biggest thing right now is developing chemistry because when we know when Washington rolls out for their first offensive series against Jacksonville it's going to be Carson Wentz it's going to be Antonio Gibson in the backfield it's going to be Terry and Jahan on the outside and Curtis Samuel most likely working wherever he aligns whether he's in the slot whether he's in the backfield whether he's doing a lot of pre-snap motion which we saw a lot last year and we'll continue to see in Scott Turner's offense so biggest thing right now is get number 17 and Terry McLaurin out at minicamp and beginning to develop that rapport, that chemistry that he and Carson Wentz will need moving down the road as we look and hope for a potential division title this year for the commanders. So let's jump right in to my top five most important defensive players this fall for Washington. Now this is a hard list it really was to make with so many different impact players at so many different levels of the defense. Whether you're talking about the trenches in the front four, we move back to the second level, and guys like Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb, they want to have that Buffalo nickel, that safety come down. I know Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera have talked a lot this offseason as far as placing Cole Holcomb at that mic spot and maybe having a safety roam down or not having that Buffalo nickel role this year. That remains to be seen as someone that can play that hybrid second And third level and I think we'll get a good glimpse at it this week in minicamps and as we move you know mandatory minicamp and as we move forward into training camp but number five on my list is Benjamin St. Juice and he may actually be a little low for me but I will explain that here and the next you know next couple players as far as high on my list but for Benjamin St. Juice the biggest thing for me is that when they drafted him out of Minnesota on day two last year he was a talent that is NFL ready right now and it was unfortunate that he dealt with concussion issues last year, but he has all the talent in the world and everything I've heard that he, he's been a standout at camp thus far through workouts inside the building and meeting rooms. He's a smart kid, he's big, he's physical, he's athletic, he can jam me at the line of scrimmage and press man, or he can work four or five yards back and sit in zone and then work downhill and make some plays on the football because of that length, because of that athleticism, because of those ball skills. He really has a total package. Now there's a ton of room to grow. He doesn't have many NFL snaps under his belt to think right now that he could overtake William Jackson or Kendall Fuller for one of those top two corner spots. But right now, the corner depth for the commanders is weak ish, right? I know they added Christian Holmes. They have some depth pieces on the back end. Corn Elder, eh, right? You don't get excited about Corn Elder. He's a depth star guy. This is no respect to Corn. Um, you know, he's an NFL player. He's working his butt off to get there. But you need corners. And. High impact corners, even in you go into your C B4s, your C B fives, and potentially C B sixes, guys even on the back end that give you special teams depth as well. And I think Christian Holmes draft pick out of seventh rounder out of Oklahoma State this year will do that and more as we move down the line. But you know, back to St. Just and his impact, if he's able to progress and become the player that I think he can become. And individuals inside that building, he can become, I think he could become the number one corner down the line. Maybe it's two years from now, if William Jackson is still here, that remains to be seen. But he could be a CB1 down the line because of that size, that physicality, his ability to understand the nuances and mirroring of receivers' routes down the field, whether he's covering a six-yard in route or he's covering a quick post corner 17 to 20 yards downfield he has the ability to flip his hips and offer you a lot of versatility on the outside and potentially growing in to that high cb2 level player or cb1 down the road if all comes to fruition and of course if he's able to stay healthy this fall so at five it spends been chain juice now number four another guy that could be higher on this list, but it's John Allen. And the biggest thing with Jonathan Allen, and if there's anybody on this defense that from a performance floor that you can expect him to show out every single year, he may have the highest floor of any defensive player that Washington has. We saw what he did last year, right? Guy had nine sacks, made a Pro Bowl, had 30 quarterback hits, twice more than he ever totaled in the seasons prior. The most prior before that was 15 in 2018 when he was just 23 years old. And now he's just, you know, he's going to be 27, right? He just turned 27 back in January. He's fully healthy. He's a leader in this locker room. He's a rallying voice in that young locker room, a defense that has a bunch of alphas. That was the main kind of source of really Adding those types of players, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio and Martin Mayhew, just over the last few years, grabbing athletes, but getting guys that have that athletic confidence that want to punch you in the mouth and want to keep you to you know holding you to a goose egg on the scoreboard, having that type of alpha mentality. And we saw that kind of boil over a little bit last year with him and Deron Payne getting into it. little bit on the sideline at Dallas but it's just not a big deal you know the kind of local you know beat writers and some things like that kind of exploded that and look they're brothers right brothers fight we all understand that that's just ball whether you're playing football baseball hockey guys like that two alphas you're going to get after it but at the end of the day you're still brothers you're still going to fight in the same field and you're still wearing the same uni right that's that's what makes me excited about this unit guys that want to compete their tail off and don't accept mediocrity right they have a high standard then that's under Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio that also accept that standard. So for me, at number four is John Allen. And then at five is Bensman Chain Two. So let's go to number three. And this is a guy that I've talked about a lot, but I expect major things in year two, and that's linebacker Jamin Davis. I'm extremely intrigued how the game will slow down for him this fall. I, We all know at the linebacker spot, it's slow until you know. But many times last year, we all we heard was Jamin Davis has 4-4 four, four speed. Jamin Davis can run sideline to sideline. He can carry tight ends up the scene. He can buzz out our running backs. He can blitz for you through the A or B gaps in the blink of an eye. But how is he in deconstructing blocks? Can he blow up a tight end, stack and shed, and then reach out on the running back and grab him for a TFL? How is he in coverage? Does he Can he cover... And man legitimately or is he just turning and running hip to hip that's fine you have speed linear speed is fine Troy Apke has linear speed but can you flip your hips which all linebackers are asked to do now in the NFL and be able to cover and turn your head and break up passes or make a play on the football for a potential interception which we saw at Kentucky with with Jamin Davis so him being able to progress under Del Rio and Rivera two former NFL linebackers themselves and it remains interesting to see if they want to run two linebacker sets with Cole as that quote-unquote Mike. Because the Mike linebacker, guys, is a dying breed in the NFL. 75-85% of defenses are run in sub in this day and age. You're getting 60 Bs on the field. You're rushing four. You're rushing three. You're dropping guys, right? You're going to drop eight. Sometimes teams have to do that. Right, we saw that in the playoffs last year, multiple times from multiple teams trying to counter the high octane aerial attacks with NFL offenses nowadays. But if Washington wants to run, just Jamin and Cole, and allow them to kind of run all over that second level, I remain extremely, I remain ex- excited, but interested in how Jamin's processing and how the game is going to be able to slow down for him, for him to ultimately reach that potential performance ceiling. As a former first rounder in 2021. Those expectations are there, and I'm rooting for the kid. I like him alongside Cole Holcomb. I think their skill sets mesh very nicely. But I remain to be seen, it remains to be seen how he's going to progress. But I'm excited to follow that progression into this fall. So we got Jamin Davis at three, John Allen four, Benjamin St. Just at five. Let's go to Montez Sweat at number two. Now these these last two names or the top two names aren't going to be a shock to anybody because it starts up front. And my number one guy too is Chase Young. One, two, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. It starts everything potentially for the Washington organization, maybe even just more so than Carson Wentz. Starts with their two premier, elite, dominant, potentially, pass rushers and Montez and Chase. Now, Remains to be seen how healthy Chase is, how impactful he is. How is that knee feeling? Can he jump to the inside? Can he jump to the outside? Is he still going to show off that ability to, you know, kind of push that tackle three, four yards back and then range out on a bubble screen on the outside like he did multiple times in his rookie year and a little bit before he got hurt last year during the middle of the season? So Chase Young and Montez Sweat, when they get going, everything else gets going. When those quarterbacks aren't able to sit three, four seconds in the pocket... Look downfield, scan. It doesn't matter who's back there. It doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady, or if it's your local guy at the bar that talks about his high school days back in the '80s of his quarterback success. He's going to be able to sit back there and dissect you. That's just how football works, folks. But with John, or excuse me, with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, once they get going everything else begins to flow you're getting pushed on the inside you're allowing your linebackers to not cover as long same thing with your secondary allowing them to make plays I haven't even mentioned Cam Curl and Bobby McCain and a player like Percy Butler who showcased well at camp thus far his range has been showing off he's not the most polished player in the world but that will come down the line remember this is a process where I know we're so results oriented but remember it's a process especially for young players like Percy who will get better but with Chase and Montez, their ability to push the outside, whether aligned as a regular five technique or they're aligned outside the tight end as a wide nine rusher, being able, and hopefully both of them, I would like to see them reach the double digit sack mark for both of them. And when they're going, the offense is going. They don't have to score 30, 35 points a game. They may be able to do that if all comes to fruition again this year. They're going to be able to score points because they had those offensive weapons. They do. But Defensively, it's about keeping offenses off the field, getting teams off the field on third down. That's a major, major place for improvement that we've seen for the last potentially 10, 15 years. But with that, it's about pass rush. The NFL is about pass rush. You can never have what? One, enough corners and enough edge rushers. And Washington is stacked up at the edge rusher spot with Sweat, with Young. They need their two thoroughbreds, their you know, Kentucky Derby bread horses to eat on the outside, on the edge. They have to get after the quarterback this fall, and there's really no excuses. We've talked so many times about the two former first-rounders. I mean, Chase was the second overall pick, and Montez was the back end of the first round just a few years ago. But their performance ceilings have not been met in their first few years in Washington. Obviously Montez has been here longer than Chase, but them progressing into elite rushers to where teams cannot double Montez and then double Chase. Right? They have to they have to go one-on-one because then you have to account for John Allen in the middle and John Payne. And then we're gonna, you know, talk a little bit more as we move forward in the summer about Federian Mathis and that rotation in the middle. But with Chase and Montez, that's where their success starts. And I'm extremely excited for them to also reach their performance ceilings and get after the quarterback this fall and make everything easier at the second and third level for this Washington defense. So just a quick recap, the top five most important players on defense for Washington this fall at five, Benjamin St. Just, John Allen at four, Jamin Davis at three, and then Washington's two edge rushers and Montez Sweat at two and Chase Young at number one. So that is going to do it for today's episode. Just a quick hitter for you guys as we head into the week and into mandatory mini camp another step on the ladder up as we move forward towards training camp preseason, and eventually week one at FedEx Field against the Jacksonville Jaguars so as always thank you guys for tuning in greatly appreciate your support review like share comment Wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your news, your sports, you can find us at. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Ryan Fowler. You can find all of my work. It's housed at thedraftnetwork.com. Just recently released an article about what a successful season would look like for Washington this fall, whether it's a playoff appearance, a divisional crown, a playoff win. Check that out over at thedraftnetwork.com. Com. We also have a brand new revamped website and a brand new mock draft machine that's going to be debuting here in the next few weeks, which I know all you guys love as we move forward and keep our eyes up even towards next April and the NFL draft. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Enjoy your week. I will have an episode out later next week with a full recap of mandatory minicamp. My thoughts, what we've been hearing out of camp, kind of the progressions that we see during the week, offense, defense, special teams, A little bit of a full recap for you coming later this week. So enjoy your week, everybody. And I will talk to you next time. This
0: is Commanding the Huddle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.